It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Josh Kennedy is proof for kids out there that you need a routine before you kick. Doesn't really matter what your routine is. If it works, it works. And his works. There's the routine. And there's the result. It's a church full of believers at Patterson Stadium right now. Josh Kennedy, West Coast legend, AFL Hall of Famer. Of course, early in his career, he had the sewing machine run-up. They used to call him Husqvarna or Bonina or something like that. But he used to put them through and didn't miss very many. Josh joins us on the show to talk about West Coast game against Richmond at the weekend. Josh, welcome. Good morning, mate. How are you? I'm very well, thank you, mate. It was a 46-point loss in the end, but a competitive effort for two and a half quarters. What did you make of it? Yeah, look, it was, um, yeah, obviously hitting that lead in that third quarter and um, the start that they had, it was, um, you know, the, the fight was there, the effort um, was there, and I suppose we've seen that effort um, over many games this year with with um, when they've been challenged with the availability of, of, of players to be able to come in and, and, and perform. So, you know, it was good to see that effort there. They probably needed to respond from last week after... Um, yeah, what happened there, and uh, it was great to just yeah see them kind of fight their way through. But obviously that that last or well, quarter and a half, really, I think Richmond's um, dominant players, you know, started to, to stand up, and a um, bit of the fundamental stuff, I suppose, from West Coast kind of dropped off, and and they weren't able to capitalise. And yeah, we just saw Richmond, I suppose, uh, being able to run over with the experience that they've had, and um, yeah, I think obviously the the younger younger players have um, been running out four quarters, just yeah, um, made it made a bit of a struggle towards the back end for West Coast. Let's talk about one of those young players, Jai Cully, of course. His knee folded up under him in the first quarter. Um, when that, that happens, you sort of your first thought is always uh, that is almost certainly an ACL because there's not much else it could be. That was certainly my first thought. How is he? Yep. Um, and, uh, and, and what are his spirits like? Yeah, look, it's obviously yeah, it's um yeah, it's obviously disappointing to be able to watch and just even seeing um I suppose Simo in his press um you know conference at the end of the game um asking whether he's a bit flat of what's going on in the last few weeks but you know he was more flat about one of his players and um yeah just seeing that I suppose from a young kid come through and you know how much effort that he has put in uh, over the last, you know, year when he came to the mid-season draft um, last year and then the pre-season he's put in to just be the best he can be and, and to see a player, you know, go down like that. So it's, um, yeah, it, uh, it, it, I suppose as fans, as friends, as, yeah, as coach, yeah, it is. Um, it does hit you quite hard, um, yeah, to, to see that. Oscar Allen's game, four goals from limited opportunities. Um, I know he's a different player to you, Josh, but he reminds me of you in terms of when the option needs to be provided, he provides it. He always gives a contest and he doesn't miss many shots on goal. It's a 22 goals given the supply he's received this year is a, is a pretty fair performance in the first eight weeks. 
Oh, yeah, it's been fantastic to see. You know, you talk about some bright, shining lights on, on West Coast this year. Yeah, Oscar's been been definitely one of them. And, um, you know, inside 50 count and supply uh, for West Coast hasn't really been there. And, and once again, you know, I think it was 65 to 43 on the weekend. So Richmond dominated that. But with that limited supply, yeah, Oscar's been able to put himself in some really good positions, uh, been able to be that target, um, I suppose, when the boys are coming through inside 50. And um, he's been able to capitalise um, on his shots as well. So, He's been been fairly accurate and making the most, which is which is fantastic to see. And um, it's just all the uh, training and practice that he puts into his goal kicking, his goal kicking routine, uh, and then also uh, challenging himself to get better and better every week. So um, yeah, it has been it has been great to see uh, that he has been able to uh, put himself in those positions to have those opportunities to um, to, to get a score for West Coast. On the flip side, Jack Darling, not in great nick. Four touches on the weekend, one goal from a free kick. Now, there is such a yep. thing, I believe, as the big forwards mafia, and they're all supposed to stick together. But Peter Sumich bailed out on Jack on the weekend, gave him a one out of ten in the <laughs> West Australian and said he only got that because he got the goal from the free kick. That was that was a bit harsh, I thought. It's, uh, um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, someone's pretty black and white. He, uh, he says it how it is and what his opinion is, so he, um, he goes hard sometimes. But, but yeah, look, you know, from, from Jack in a, a limited preseason, um, he missed seven, eight weeks there with an injury and, and coming into the season... Um, you know, a little bit underdone and uh, we're sitting at round seven, eight now, I think we are, and you're kind of, you know, getting through the judgment of the footy and the speed of the game and the consistency of playing every week. Sometimes that can really help. But, um, but yeah, Jack's obviously been been a little bit out of touch um, and, you know, that's just something for him to work, work through. You know, he's a very important player to West Coast. Um, you know, one of his strengths is his contest and uh, once he gets that right, it does, does make a massive difference to how Jack does perform form. So um, the supply thing's been an issue. Um, a lot of it has gone through uh, through to you know Oscar, um, just purely from him being in the right position. Um, but, you know, um, as a friend, as a former teammate, and you know, we go back him in. And he's someone that will, um, with the experience, will be able to pull himself out of uh, this little kind of uh, form rut. And I have no doubt that, um, yeah, he'll be back up there and, and, and playing consistent footy um, again. You mentioned the positioning and that how Oscar was finding himself in good positions to receive the ball. I always, I used to watch you and Jack play together um, a little bit, and you tended to make space really well for each other, and tended to leave leading lanes open really well for each other. Is maybe the the transition to a new co forward um, is that having a few speed humps on the way through to establishing it properly? Um, oh. Yes, and no. So, you know, yeah, so it's a tough one. It's like, yeah, me and I suppose with me being in the side, we've played many years of football together, and Oscar's been a, a part of that over the last few years as well. And um, I don't think me coming out of the side, I was I've definitely been injured a fair bit over the, the last seven years of my career. So there was there was a lot of footy played without me. So I don't don't think it. Um, you know, is a, is the difference between what's what's happening at the moment and, and whether Jack's in the right position or not. I just think, um, yeah, from a from a limited preseason, not having the cattle up the ground and um, probably uh, the, the amount of supply that we kind of need, um, and yeah, just being a little bit off as all players do. Sometimes you know you, you hit these little rut forms and you, you kind of just need to pull yourself out. And um, you know whether that takes a week, sometimes it can take four or five weeks. It, it just yeah. Just something that as players you got to work through, and um, you know, a big part of that becomes with external pressure and how 
you kind of handle that and um, sometimes that gets elevated really high and you're able to push it to the side but sometimes that's what kind of lingers in your head over the over the course of trying to get out of that little rut um, so there's a whole combination of things but you know Jack's experienced enough to be able to realise what he needs to work on um, and get that consistency in training and and, um, and go from there. So when a, a, a columnist like Peter Sumich says he'd rather play without the sub than have Jack Darling in the team, is Jack the sort of person, <laughs> would, would Jack even read that? Would he know about it? Would he take notice of it? Or would he ignore it completely? What sort of person is he and how would he react to something like that? Oh, I don't know. You know, that, that, yeah, I think every player is so totally different and, you know, um, when you get towards the back end of your career, you know, sometimes yeah, your eyes do start sneaking into into the paper and, um, you know, seeing, you know, people write stuff about you, how, you, how you're performing. Um, but, you know, as a player, and this is with most players, you know, you, you, you do, you know, I do, you get angry, but you really look in the mirror and you have a bit of a look at yourself and you can kind of go, well, actually, they've got, you know, good reason why they're writing that. So um, that's where, you know, you kind of move forward and uh, you try not to let it bother you, but you take it as, as I suppose, good feedback and go, oh, well, how do I how do I pull myself out of this and, and, um, and get some consistency back in my game? And sometimes it's about going back to the general basics of, of things that you started to do when you were a really young kid um, and you're trying to work on different things um, to one get the best out of yourself so yeah it's um you know from jack whether he does read it or not i, I, I couldn't tell you um you know i didn't for a while and then i did and then i went back off it so you you do but you just hear things and, and things pop up in front of you it's pretty hard to avoid especially living in wa so um you know sometimes even the questions from the press conferences or media or whatever you get caught up with you know you generally get a feel of what's been written so um yeah there's, there's multiple ways of hearing it but it's how you deal with it. Did you take notice of my old mate Glenn Quartermain writing that you should retire about five years before you actually retired? I can remember it, mid-2019. So, yes, I did. That was probably the first, first time I started reading it. And uh, I was uh, I was in a little bit of a shock. But to be honest, it, it, did, it did kind of smack you between the eyes a bit. And it, it does give a bit of reality to the situation on, uh, on where you're at and, and um, one, the expectation that's, um, I suppose, there from, from fans and um, people in the football world and, and media and uh, it's that expectation of where they see that you should be at does drop a little bit, you know. Um, you know, that, that can be a little bit of a different expectation on how you feel like um, you should be performing and, and that's where you're getting that bit of that grey area where you can get frustrated with it. But, um, you know, sometimes it's it's good to see it and be angry at it and kind of go, OK, why is that? Oh, well, you're post-30 now. Um, you've, you've done this um, so well and then obviously now it's starting to drop off and, um, you know, you kind of think of all those things and you go back to the process for how do I get better at them or keep chipping away and, and being um, consistent at it. So, yeah, there's good and bad, but, um, but yeah, you, you can get consumed with it if, if, um, and do your heading about it. Yeah, we do look at birth certificates. I know I do that. I'm guilty of that. I look up the AFL season guide and uh, work out how many plus 30s teams have got. I think the other thing we do <laughs> is we look at individual statistical analysis as opposed to role in team which uh, obviously, yeah. unless you're inside the four walls, uh, you're never completely across what the player's role in the team is. Um, yeah. Does West Coast need to get a second Ruckman in there now? Jake Waterman just starting to show a few signs that that role is taking a little bit of toll on his form? 
Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, um, I think I think there's a lot of guys kind of filling in in spots at the moment due due to um, I suppose the availability challenge and um, you know coming you know doing preseason in a certain role, um, then getting pushed into this certain role and going back and forth and. That can um, kind of, yeah, be a bit tough um, to kind of settle in in those different positions. So, um, yeah, uh, availability and you know the amount of players that are there. You know, young Barnett obviously can come in as that um, uh, that, that second ruck, but you know he's still pretty young and raw. And um, you know the argument to give him some experience, but then the other ones, well, you don't want to throw him in the deep end, and um, you want to get in some consistent footy out of him as his, his development. So. Um, yeah, look, you know, it's, it's good to see him being able to have and be able to utilise Jakey um, because he's done that, you know, his whole career and uh, a bit of that Mr. Fix it, being able to put him in certain positions. And he doesn't play, he doesn't win, just gets on with it. And, um, you know, sometimes he does it well and sometimes it, um, yeah, it doesn't work. But he's, um, he's never complaining about that, which is good. I think Callum Jamison played waffle at the weekend and had a pretty strong game from uh, Robert, mm. Robert Wiley's take on it so perhaps there is a uh, an option there for them if they if they want to look at it and take it Liam Duggan's game uh, between halfback and midfield I really liked it Josh what do you think of it yeah well you've been saying it for a few weeks now haven't you and they've uh, finally put him in there so I'm only pu- I'm, I'm just finding a way to done. pump up my own time here Josh so <laughs> yeah, yeah, keep, keep, keep going yeah. <laughs> no nah, it's um it obviously, yeah, for, for him to be able to come in and give a bit more experience through that midfield, and you know, you're seeing him, you know, with nearly nearly 30 touches, and he had 27 for the for the game, and um, does have an impact when he's around the contest. So, um, yeah, they'll keep uh, being able to trial, I suppose, um, position changes like that. I think Jimmy went half back at one stage, and you know, there's there's that certain option that um, with what they've been doing with boots um, uh, and coming in that half back position and being able to rotate through. Um, so, yeah, look, it, it's great to see Dugo. Um, play some consistency. You, you talk about the kind of leaders that are out there. Dugo's one of them, and being you know part of that leadership group um, and also development leadership group for many years. So to have him um, in positions where he's able to win contests and 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 also give advice and experience out there during his game situations, you know, it's it's, it's good to see him in the guts. How concerned are you? I, I wonder whether we all talk about, you know, whether Simo can survive as coach, whether Trevor Nisbet can survive as the CEO while the team is going through this down phase. But how concerned are you, uh, unless they can get a decent team on the park in the waffle, and that means getting players back from injury and getting more AFL-listed players out there, about the long-term implications for the development of the youngsters who have arrived at the club and are trying to find their feet in the environment. Is that a concern for you? And is that does that need to be a priority that the, that the club needs to fix at the end of the season, if not, if not before, to make sure that the seconds, if you like, are playing in a good environment in a competitive outfit and um, and have some chance of developing properly. Yeah, definitely. Well, development's obviously been the, the biggest key thing over the last few years. I think with uh, with West Coast and and from you know up top to the coaches, that's that's been the massive driver. And it is hard to be able to, um, I suppose, develop players when they're injured uh, for one, and that's been the biggest issue this year and last year. And um, so. Talking about you know the frustrations of you know the board or NIS or the coaches you know like it's, it's it's a little bit out of their control to be honest and the injuries have happened and it is what it is and some of them been impact some have been soft tissue um, some have come when you don't want them to come and 
dealing with what's in front of them, you know, uh, I don't think it's a game plan issue. I don't think it's a, um, a board structure. I don't think it's a, a footy um, admin, um, you know, kind of structure either. It's just it's simply that uh, the reality is that the players have, have, have been injured and the actual top up to coming in to, um, to be able to put a team out, you know, uh, some of these kids aren't, aren't ready and some of them will, will shine from this, you know, having that opportunity in terms of just jumping straight in the deep end and, and that experience, you know, having half the players being able to play at the MCG on the weekend on a away trip, you know, that's great, especially for some of them who, how old they are. So, um, but you talk about the waffle team and, uh, I suppose the structure it is in, in terms of the waffle competition and the restrictions that they have. Yeah, look, you know, that side, there probably needs to be a bit more done and um, to be able to help accommodate because um, you don't want your young kids coming through and being in a side that's getting pumped every week by uh, dominant other waffle teams. Um, but I think the sad reality of this year and even for the last year has just purely been injury, which is something that becomes out of your control um, and then you've just got to deal with what's in front of you. Any word on the long-term injury, particularly the senior players, Josh? What's your your mail from what you're hearing on how far away these guys might be? Nat Nui, Shuey, Yo, McGovern. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think um, I think from you know Boots's end, um, obviously did the ankle, and that's probably on the mend. And um, there was some uh, slight hammy um, kind of dysfunction there as well. So yeah, he'll be he'll be working his way through, and and probably getting a good block of training in. Um, and that's probably one thing that a lot of the older guys um, do need, especially building into being able to come and play. And we're just seeing the demands of the game, the speed of the game, um, where it's all at. Uh, those those blocks and weeks of consistent training, you know, they do pay dividends down the back end of, of the year and, and that's probably something that uh, they've kind of been managing on trying to get players back, uh, not too quick, but just going, uh, the player wants to play, they're feeling all right and then little things have popped up. So, uh, Boots should be back. I think Gov's in the way he's going with his, with his hammy, with his surgery, he's back, but, you know, they're still... They're still good. What are they? Twelve to sixteen weeks generally. So yeah. um, I don't think they're going to push any of those guys back earlier than what's been stated. Um, so you know, it's just a matter of them making sure that they do what they need to do, um, get their consistency in their training block through the period that um, they need to get it done, and then when that time comes, um, that they're ready to go. You know, hopefully they've got enough consistency in their training to be able to handle the demands of um, of the game these days. Gold Coast come off a really brutal game against Melbourne. It was a, a, quite an epic encounter, actually, how fierce it was around the contest. They've got injury concerns yeah. on on four or five players. I think Holman, Weller, Ballard and Ainsworth would all be in doubt. Can, can West Coast beat yep. them based on what you saw at the MCG on Saturday? Yeah, well, definitely. Yeah, definitely. The um, you know, looking at the Suns and Melbourne game, yeah, it was a fantastic game and come down to nearly a kick there towards the, the, that ball right at the end there. So it was um, yeah, it looked looked really fierce. There was there's obviously a few injuries from there and a few sore boys plus a bit of travel um, that they've got to do. So you, you kind of look at those um, I suppose facts and then you come into the effort that our boys shown last week. Um, uh, you know, besides Giant, um, I think Oscar will be fine. He came back out and played with that knee that he was getting taped up. But um, yeah, the, having that consistent with the, the guys play again, you know, they just need the effort um, and they need to be able to 
keep trying to drive what they what they've been doing at training, and um, as long as that effort's there, you know, I think we can hang our head high on them. But um, you know, it could be a good time to to push through and get that four points. It's just the consistency over four quarters, which has you know been an issue all year, and um, that comes with I suppose the lack of experience. So they'll keep building. Always feels better when you compete strongly and then fall away because you're tired as opposed to maybe yeah. get blown out of the water and then you get the feeling the other team rolls home. Um, I, th- I think that um, th- there was a bit more cr- credibility, if you like, you could apply to what happened against Richmond uh, on Saturday. Josh, it's always a pleasure to have you on the show. Thanks so much for your insights on West Coast uh, today and this year. We look forward to talking to you again next week and hopefully we'll be talking about a win. Fingers crossed. Definitely. Cheers, mate. Josh Kennedy, what do you think? The temperate bedshed text line, you can have your say. 0487 736 736 or call us on the open line 13 12 55. We'll take a break.